Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey everyone, this episode of Switchcraft is brought to you by patrons. Support Switchcraft and my other content at patreon.com slash runjumpstomp. Well, I already recorded this, and then Audacity crashed, and I lost it for crying in the rain. Not happy about that, but I've got a whole bunch of feedback from you guys, uh, so I'm going to run through that really quickly. Uh, last time, I went way too long anyway, so it's probably better that it crashed. Um, Inkopolis64 emailed in, and they said, I have a problem with Nintendo bringing so many deluxe versions or ports of Wii U titles to the Switch. I want new games. I was loyal. I bought a Wii U. Most of these parts, parts? Oh, ports. Most of these ports I've already bought and played. I'll admit they are good games, but I feel like Nintendo is ignoring its loyal customers in favor of people that couldn't be bothered the first time around. All right, so thank you very first off, thank you very much for sending in an email. Uh, if you don't know how to do that, just runjumpstomp at gmail.com, and the subject line is Switchcraft, just like Inkopolis64 did, who I'm assuming is a big Splatoon fan. Okay, let me disagree here. Um, and you know what? The internet would be a boring place if everybody agreed anyway. So Inkopolis and I are here on different sides of the coin. The Wii U was a failure. It only sold 13.6 million consoles in its lifetime, it should have sold many more. Almost every single time Nintendo talked about the Wii U, they were always saying, well, we've got to lower our projections. We've got to lower our projections. It never panned out very well for them. And because it has such a small install base, that means that the potential customers for these games was even smaller than that. So there's a lot of these games that Nintendo is bringing us deluxe versions of. I'm assuming that he's talking about Pokémon Tournament DX, uh, Super Mario Kart, no, just Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, and whatever other deluxe games that we end up with. Those are games, and, and Inkopolis even said in, in the email, I'll admit they're good games, and they are good games. They're fantastic games. And it would be a shame if those games were just left there to rot. If Nintendo can easily port the games to the new system, I feel like it's in their best interest to do so. Now, what would be even better is if the Switch were backwards compatible digitally, so if you already owned it, you could get it for free. That is not a choice that they decided to make, so we're not going to get that. But what we are going to get is fun games to play. Nintendo is kind of in a catch-22 here. They have two choices. They can either not bring us to the du the deluxe games, in which case many people would be like, where's a Mario Kart game that I want to play? How come I can't play this Pokemon Tournament game? How come Game X is not available for the Switch yet? I want it now. I want it now. Hurry up, Nintendo. Give me my, my games. So that's if they didn't bring the ports over. The other thing that they could do is bring the ports over. And if you don't feel like it's worth buying a second time, 
don't buy it a second time. Now, uh, one argument that somebody might make, and actually it's good that I had to redo this because I didn't think of this the first time around. One argument that somebody might make about them bringing the ports over is, well, that's man hours that they're not spending on making new games. Well, that's true. My guess is that they're either outsourcing the ports or they have the the ports like a small team working on the ports. If we look back to when Satoru Iwata announced the NX, he said, first off, we are made, I want you to think of the NX as a family of systems and we are streamlining our design teams so that it it is easier for us to move assets between different systems. This is why we were able to see Smash on not only the Switch, uh, dang it, not the Switch, not only the Wii U, but also the 3DS. Same thing with Hyrule Warriors. So, or at least that's how I am interpreting this. So maybe porting the games from the Wii U to the Switch really isn't that arduous of a task. And if it gives people more reasons to buy a Switch, then I think overall it's good for Nintendo and good for the customer. So Inkopolis and I, we're going to disagree. Um, but hey, keep writing in. If you disagree with me, let me know. Email me runjumpstomp at gmail.com. And if you agree with me that these ports are a good thing, also email me and tell me which ports of Wii U games would you prefer to be getting on the Switch? That's my question to you guys. Um, just let me know. All right. Um, Disco Dave reviewed the show. He said, really enjoy the family-friendly podcast. I don't have to look any further to get my Nintendo Switch news. Keep it up. Double exclamation point. I like the double exclamation point. Thank you very much, Disco Dave. If you haven't already done so, guys, go to iTunes. Give the show a review. Uh, the more the more five-star reviews that we get, the higher up in the rankings we're going to get. And that means more people can find the show, which means that more people would send me content to talk about, like ideas and discussions. Okay, let's move on. Uh, so big thanks to Disco Dave. I also have a voicemail number. Uh, you can call and leave a voicemail. That's 260-RUN-JUMP. That's 260-786-5867. I did have somebody call in, and normally I would just play the 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 audio of them or, or paste the audio into the show uh but this person specifically said don't play my voice i hate my voice thank you so i'm gonna respect their wishes obviously and not play their voice but what i what i will do is basically just sum up what they were asking uh they looked at the headset that is being the splatoon themed headset that is being released um this summer, and they said, "Do we? Th- do I think that we're going to see that in store shelves, or is it going to be impossible to find like other Nintendo stuff?" Well, I've got good news and bad news for you. All right, let's start with the bad news. The bad news is right now, this is a Japan announcement. We don't have any information on whether or not this is coming to the United States. I think that it will come to the United States, but I don't know that for sure. So there's our bad news. The good news is this is not made by Nintendo. It's made by Hori, and this is an officially licensed um, accessory, distributed and made by Hori. So that means 
that the normal problems that we have with getting things from Nintendo on shelves, because Nintendo is so conservative, they always lowball how many things they need to have on shelves, and then people are like, well, I can't buy stuff. That's an issue. That's a big issue. Luckily, we shouldn't have the issue with this. If they decide to bring it to the U.S., my guess is it'll be easy to find. That being said, even if it wasn't easy to find, this isn't a terribly complicated thing. You just got to do a little research and you could probably find you can probably find something now that would work. It's just using audio jacks. So as long as you got the right audio jacks, it should work just fine. Some audio jacks will have um, different amounts of rings on them, which means it'll tell it, it, it's whether or not that has a microphone built in. Uh, and so what you would need is you would need, uh, basically a splitter, which is what this is with, that has two inputs and one output, uh, into the headphones and the output to the headphones has to have microphone. And then one of the two inputs has to have microphone. And then the other one just has to be regular output. So I'm sure that there are already products out there that you can get, then you can plug in whatever headphones you want. That being said, I personally would hold off and wait because I have a feeling, well, I don't know that I have a feeling. I'm hoping that Nintendo has a different solution, perhaps a Bluetooth solution in the works. So I wouldn't run out and buy these uh, these uh, Splatoon-themed headphones as soon as you can. That being said, if you do wait and then you can't find them, please don't yell at me. Yell at other people. Yell at Nintendo if you, or, or Hori if uh, you can't find them. Or, you know, here's another thing. Run out and buy them as soon as they're available. Don't open them and wait. And then if Nintendo doesn't have a better solution, then open them up and use them. But if they do have a better solution, then just return them. Uh, that's what I would personally do. Although I'm really hoping that we find out more at E3. Nintendo really needs to address the the, the voice chat issue at E3 which is in less than a week. So hopefully this entire voicemail will be for, for nothing because Nintendo will say, and by the way, it's just Bluetooth connected to your phone and you can just hear it just fine right through the headphone port. I don't know if that's true or not. I hope it is. I hope that they have a better solution than this, but we'll find out. Anyway, thank you so much for the email, the review, and the voicemail. If you want to do that, make sure that you email, review, and send us a voicemail, and we'll uh, talk about them on the air. All right, let's move on to the headlines. All right, Nintendo has released a video on YouTube, the Nintendo Switch Summer Trailer featuring featuring ARMS, Splatoon 2, and Pokémon Tournament DX. I have to say, it seems like Nintendo is betting big on competitive or multiplayer gaming which is a great idea now they showed some online stuff they showed mostly in-person stuff you know share the joy that kind of thing it first off it confirms that pokken tournament dx multiplayer will uh local multiplayer will be split screen um i think that this game looks fantastic i think that uh splatoon 2 looks fantastic and i think that arms oh well i already know arms is going to be my new addiction uh, that game looks so good. Uh, so anyway, if you want to check out this uh, video, it, it, it's a really great ad. Nintendo's marketing team seems to be doing a very or a much better job than they did before. The Wii U was marketed horribly. Uh, people, 
even even industry insiders were like, is this just an accessory for the Wii or is it a new console? People were very, very confused. Um, they they didn't understand that it was a new console. And Nintendo's messaging was just really bad on the Wii U. And then you look at the messaging that they're getting with the Switch, and it is much, much better. Uh, they're showing a whole bunch of uh, young adults playing these games, uh, sh- having a blast, and showing off what the Switch can do. I think that Nintendo's marketing team has has come out of the dark ages and is ready to really make uh, make the Switch uh, leap off the shelves, which so far it seems like that's what it's doing. So if you want to check out this ad, just go to the show notes and click on the link. I don't know why, but I put it in there twice. Uh, but click on the link and watch the ad. It's a really good one. So I talked a while ago about Axiom Verge, which is a Metroidvania game that is, well, that we weren't sure if it was going to uh, come to the Switch, but now we know that it is. Um, this comes from Badland Indie, which is a website I'm going, guessing about indie games. And it says here the Nintendo Switch joins Wii U, PlayStation 4, PlayStation Vita as part of Axiom Verge Multiverse Edition launch. This is really great, uh, although I find it weird that it's coming to the Wii U. I wonder if they were already working on a Wii U version and then they just decided to port it because porting is not that difficult between the Switch and Wii U, uh, but I'm not sure. If you haven't played... Axiom Verge, you definitely should. Now, I don't know what the Multiverse Edition is. It says that it has a um, uh, the Axiom Verge Multiverse Edition will include a plethora of creative, nostalgic inbox content that will please any diehard fans or newcomers to the original or to the award-winning Metroidvania title. It also includes a special, specially commissioned and exclusive two-player productions documentary about Thomas Happ and the making of Axiom Verge. Uh, the Multiverse Edition will also feature a copy of the game, a deluxe booklet with developer commentary and art along with a double-sided poster. Plus, if you pre-order before release, you'll receive an atmospheric CD soundtrack as well. All right, so uh, two-player productions, if you don't know, they are... Uh, did a documentary about uh, Mojang and Minecraft, basically. Um, I'm only, I haven't seen that, but they do really good work because I've seen their documentary about um, Penny Arcade, the webcomic. Um, really, really interesting uh, documentary. If you haven't already watched it, check it out. I think it was just called PA TV, and that was from Two Player Productions. Uh, it does not, I'm, I'm scrolling down trying to find out the price uh, for this uh, this version of the game. There we go. I found it. Uh, it is $29.99. And honestly, if you don't have the game, $29.99 is a steal for Axiom Verge. And if you do have the game, like I have it on Steam, but I'll probably rebuy it uh, because it's one of those games I never ended up finishing. Not because it wasn't a good game, but just because sitting down at my con- my computer, I was often distracted by something else. Having it portable is something where I think that I would have a lot of fun with it. Um, and I I really think that the the Axiom Verge is an amazing Metroidvania game. And if you like that genre, you're you're going to be missing out if you don't check out this game. It's very very good. 
Uh, speaking of Metroidvania games, there's another one. Uh, this one is called Blasphemous. Uh, Blasphemous is uh, currently on Kickstarter, and it's got a whoops, it scrolled down on me. It's got a fifty thousand dollar goal, and it's already beat its goal by three times the amount. It's got twelve days to go, uh, and it is a dark and brutal 2D non-linear platformer. So again, think Metroidvania, although this seems a little more Castlevania style than Metroid style. Axiom Verge seems a little more Metroid style than Castlevania style. So it looks like we're getting both ends of the spectrum here. Uh, Blasphemous has really cool art style, uh, very dark and gritty looking. I think that it looks cool. The animations are really good, and, and uh, it's definitely something that I am interested in. It's coming to, um, uh, let's see, PS4, Xbox One, Nintendo Switch, Linux, OS X, and Windows. So my guess is that they've built this using one of those engines that is compatible with just about everything. Uh, so if you're interested in blas- Blasphemous, just make sure that you uh, check that out. Um, keeping on with the theme of... Metroidvania games. We've got Shantae, um, the half genie hero, I think is the one that it's called. And that's from Way Forward Games. That came out today uh, on the Nintendo Switch. I'm looking for you guys to convince me to buy it, to convince me to check this game out. I've never played a Shantae game. It looks interesting. I feel like the animation feels a little weak compared to games like um, the, oh God, what's the one where you get turned into a dragon? on the switch it's a it, it was an old mega drive game dragon boy wonder boy and the dragon's curse i think is what it's called i felt like that game had much better animations than than um the the shantae game um but shantae did look really fun so I, I want you guys to convince me let me know why i should check out the shantae game uh for the switch and um also maybe let me know why i shouldn't uh, speaking of way forward, uh, they have posted on Twitter that they are thrilled to be teaming up with Universal Brand Development uh, for the Mummy Demastered. So basically, they're making a uh, a 16-bit style video game for the new Mummy movie. Like the, it looks like it's the Tom Cruise movie, uh, and it seems like it's got that same Castlevania Metroid style uh, map going or, or, or theme going on. Uh, so I'm interested in it. I'm, I'm definitely want to see what they're going to be doing with this. Now, I, they don't have a release date on here. They don't have a price on here. All I have is the tweet that says that they are working on it. So isn't I, I think that movie's coming out soon, so we're probably going to be getting it soon. So anyway, that's a whole lot of Metroidvania stuff. If you know anything about me, you know I'm a big fan of Metroidvania games. And uh, if th- if those type of games are what you're into, then you should definitely check this stuff out. Chucklefish is the developer that is bringing Wargroove to the Switch. Uh, The game looks great, and they recently did a Twitch stream. They were talking about another game that they have, Starbound. I don't believe that they said that they're bringing that to the Switch, but then about 30 minutes in, and if you want to watch the video, just click the link in the show notes, but about 30 minutes into the video, they switched over to Wargroove. And Wargroove looks a lot like Advanced Wars, which is a top-down strategy game, turn-based style game. Um, And the game looks great. 
But from everything that they said and everything that I saw, it looks like it's a long way off. We're not going to be getting this game anytime soon. So I'm just really quickly going to summarize what I saw in the video. And if you want to know more information, I highly recommend that you watch the video. It's probably an hour long if you start at the 30-minute mark when if just watch the stuff about Wargroove. But it was really fun to watch. They actually played a they played a full game uh, from the beginning to end, uh, like a full match because it's a multiplayer game. Uh, and they were doing local multiplayer and talking about their strategy, and it was really fun to watch. And uh, you really want you? I, I felt like I was invested, and in, and I really wanted Red Team to win. I won't tell you who wins, but um, definitely click on the video and check it out if you if you're interested. Uh, so each hero. So one thing, I, I just kind of have a bunch of bullet points, and you can see the bullet points in the in the uh, show notes as well. Uh, the game has eight heroes in it, and each hero uh, of the game is supposed to have a fully-fledged campaign. Uh, they then kind of reversed that, and they said, well, actually, it's the same campaign, but you're seeing the campaign from different points of view and fighting on different sides of, of different battles. Um and basically what you're doing is you choose your commander. Now the commander is a super powerful unit. If the if the commander dies, you lose. Uh they said it's basically a powered up each commander is a powered up version of other units. So you'll have a commander that is a powered up version of a soldier and one that is a powered up version of a mage and so on. Um the commanders allow the players to have high risk, high reward gameplay uh where if you, you can go in there with the commander and you, you can lay waste to the enemy, but if they take you down, you've lost. So you really have to find a good way to protect that commander. Uh, but they said the game tends to, to end with somebody doing a really risky move and either it pays off or it doesn't. Um, just like in Advance Wars, you have to capture tiles. And if you capture tiles like villages, um, when you're atta- when you're trying to capture them, they can attack back, so they can actually damage the character that's trying to capture the tile. Uh, let's say that you are successful and you capture a village. That village gives you currency each turn, which then you can use to buy uh, units from your barracks. Um, and this is a really cool mechanic. Once you capture a village, that village is... Uh, it gains hit points every single turn. So the longer that you have actually had that village in your possession, the the harder it is for that somebody to take that away from you. So if you capture a town early on, it's hard to take back, but uh, you may later on have towns swap back and forth really quickly. You can also capture um, wizard towers in order to summon flying units. And my guess is that they're going to include a bunch of different things that you can capture in order to get your different units. Um, they have mo- most units are on foot, but you can also use wagons to allow the you to move your units really quickly over roads. Uh, and then the counter to that is you can block roads so that the wagons aren't as useful. So if somebody loads all their their team into a wagon uh, and then you you put a character on that road the wagon can't go past you without taking you out uh, so I think that there's some really good um, uh, strategies that can be easily countered uh, that'll that'll keep uh, the game really really fun and fresh uh, they 
this was really cool. They showed, they didn't actually show it in the video, but they talked about it and they have seasons. Uh, the seasons are going to affect the game. Basically what, what, what's going to happen is there's weather conditions and they wanted to make sure that weather conditions weren't random. So what they did is they put seasons in. And so during different seasons, you'll have a chance for certain things to happen. Like in winter, maybe the lakes will freeze and then you can walk across the lakes. But if your uh, units are on the lake when it thaws in the summer, then the units will die. Uh, Things like that. I think that's a really good way to completely change things up. But they wanted it to be predictable so that you can plan your strategy around it. Um. The differences between the different factions outside of the commanders, because the commanders seem very different, uh, but the differences between the different factions seem to be only cosmetic. So I think that that's really good. Uh, basically, you're going to be picking your commander. And the commanders, to me, feel less like um, the characters in uh, Advance Wars and more like the heroes in um, Warcraft 3, if that makes any sense. Uh, if you don't really know how that works, basically, I've explained how they how they are already. Uh, but they're super powerful, and when they die, it's a big deal. Um, right now, they're trying to figure out how to deal with first turn advantage. So they said that there's a couple things that they that they said right now the game is very easy to balance. They're 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 having no trouble with the way they've set it up. It makes it easy to rebalance the game, and they're having wide balance shifts back and forth to try and figure things out. Um, one thing that they're having trouble with, and this is one of the things that made me think that this is game is a long way off, is first turn advantage. Like they're having trouble figuring out what to do there. Do they want to let the team that doesn't get to go first start with more cash, or be ha- or start with a better position at the beginning, um, and if they already said that that there's ridiculous amount of hours of gameplay that come with the game, the game also has a map editor and a campaign editor. And the PC version of the game is actually moddable, so you can add whatever the hell you want to the game. Uh, but that adds a whole different layer of things. I can just basically go on and, and download these campaigns and try them. That sounds great. Uh, but this, at its heart, is a multiplayer game. And... Outside of the campaign, you're going to want to be playing this game online. Now, they did say that the game will be played online, and they are going to be adding in Fog of War later. Um, But the thing that really got me excited for is the game has both real-time play and asynchronous. So that means I can set it up so that you and I are playing a game together. I can take my turn, send my turn, and then a couple hours later, you're like, oh, uh, it's my turn. I got to, you know, I was at work and you get done with work. You can take your turn, send it to me, and then I can send you my turn. So I could be playing, I don't know, five or six games of Wargroove all at the same time with all these different people. And that is the kind of gameplay that I really think keeps players engaged over a long period of time with a game. Okay, everybody, that's all the time that we have for today. If there's a story that I missed missed out on, let me know. Uh, runjumpstomp at gmail.com. 260-RUN-JUMP. That's 260-786-5867. Shout at me on Twitter at runjumpstomp. Uh, join the Discord, runjumpstomp.com slash Discord. 
And don't forget to stop. I'm a I'm a Twitch streamer, so stop by the stream sometime and say hi. Twitch.tv slash runjumpstomp if you're looking for ways to support the show. Um, I'm not going to list them all today. Uh, just go to runjumpstomp.com slash support. Uh, we got Patreon. We got Doc Socks that we sell. We've got um, all kinds of free ways that you can help out. Just head on over there and check it out. Thanks so much for listening. I am out of here. You guys have a great day. 